Oh, man, thank you, Brother Brian, for that. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, Steve married into our family, so you're your friend no matter what. You, don't, you can't go anywhere, too. You're part of it. Uh, but, man, I really, uh, really appreciate that, Brian. Seriously, and I, I, uh, man, you know, we, we go to a church that, uh, and I know Sunday night crowd, Wednesday night crowd is different than Sunday morning crowd. But, uh, I, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, I, I could even lead the singing if Becca was playing for me. I mean, I could lead the singing. Um, I mean, I miss that. I mean, I really, really miss Becca's playing. Some of your singing, but uh, you sat by, you sat behind me in choir and blew my ears out. You and Steve both. And uh, but I tell you, that was, you know, I grew in the choir in our church choir. I grew in the choir most when you and Steve were there. And actually, Steve was gone a lot. You were there, and um, and, and man, it really that was a big, big help to me. And uh, because you came from, I, I hadn't sung in the choir long. I only came in the choir because my my future wife was in the choir. That's the only reason I went. And uh, and so I I went to the choir and it. It worked out. I got married and uh, have a few kids, and uh, and but yeah, that was that was a great time of, uh, of of serving together, serving God together. Man, I'll never forget that. And uh, again, appreciate y'all having me here. And uh, I, I am a layman. I'm glad you gave that uh, gave that up front. Why is there a watch here? I mean, is that for you? Or is it for me? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's stopped right now at 7:30. This is bad. Um, so. You got lots of papers up here. So anyway, all that being said, um, anyway, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to uh, to speak tonight. You know, I had to have a good joke, and I saw Jackson's Cubs jacket there. And I don't know if you heard or not, but we've had a really good sports year for me personally. Uh, the Cavaliers won the basketball NCAAs, which I've been a fan forever. Becca has too. We all spent time texting after that night. We all stayed up to who knows when, and we're worthless the next day. Um, and then, and then I'm a big Washington Nationals fan, and so all of a sudden they win the World Series, and uh, and so. But anyway, I heard that after the game, after they won the World Series, they called up Bryce Harper, but there was no ring. Uh, yeah, that was pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, so anyway, that was uh, that. That's uh, Jason Barrett told me that one, in case y'all were wondering, and it, I didn't laugh either. I thought it was dumb, but. Uh, but yes, anyway, so it's been a, uh, and Becky, y'all said y'all were cheering for the Nets after the, and I mean, let's face it, at least the Nationals went to the White House. No matter your political affiliation, at least they respected and went to the White House. Uh, they may have booed him or whatever, but that was the fans. That's a whole different story. But um, anyway, I, I, I tell you, my, my like level went up a lot more when those guys were willing to stand for what they believed. And Again, I'm mean, not to be political. I'm just saying, uh, to me, you respect the office, no matter who's in there, and you go and uh, and you know you 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 do your best to represent uh, the team. And anyway, all that being said, <clears throat> again, appreciate and and really, we we pray for this church. I prayed this morning for this church, and uh, and uh, we pray for it and often and think about it often. And uh, and y'all are a blessing over here, no matter uh, if we don't see each other much or not. Y'all are a blessing, and appreciate y'all's. Uh, enthusiasm and coming in here and uh, and just giving your best to the Lord. Really appreciate that. Turn to Acts chapter eleven. I won't be long. I I, uh, <clears throat> I have I turned. I had twenty years in finance this year, um, but I really enjoy serving in the church and really enjoy doing things and singing the choir and um, and all the different things that are uh, out there. And so anyway, enjoy enjoy the ministry. Uh, Acts chapter 11, and tonight uh, we'll just be, it won't be long at all because I don't ever go long, but hopefully it's helpful. I, I spoke to, I, I preached this message 
last Sunday night when Brother John Mark was out because I worked on it because I thought it could be one that, uh, that could be preached at both churches. It's about sin. It's about sin here, Brian. No, <laughs> exactly. No, it's, uh, but it's about, it's about having, about, about a good church becoming a greater, or a good church becoming a great church. And, uh, and I tell you, we need it. We've been around a long time since uh, pastor's been in the ministry 40-something, 45 years. Uh, at, at Gill Grove, so that is, uh, we've, I've been serving alongside of that for a long time. And then we got a church here that uh, has been, y'all, a year old, right? Three, three, a year, yeah, how time flies. Grace is three years old, and, uh, and uh, but as we, uh, as you know, as, as you all are growing, you're growing with people and growing with, uh, and there's exciting things. I hear from mom a lot and from Becca, and uh, anyway, it's just a great, uh, as I came here the last time and said, this, to me, this is the heartbeat of Christianity, is, is the small churches and the, the ones that are building and trying to grow, and they're building, as I'll mention a little later, building from the inside out, building with kids, and then kids getting saved, and, uh, and so it's such an uh, inspiration, uh, because we go, and, uh, we go to a church that's filled up, you know, again, not, not a huge church, but it's filled up, but y'all come here, and it may be just family, and it's friends, but man, y'all do it like you're supposed to, and I, that really just touches my heart, and and I really, really appreciate uh, you all and your ministry here. Uh, so tonight, and I'll start with this, and we'll read Acts 11, we'll, we'll pray. Uh, Christ, and, and I'm going to start with this, because this is just a caveat before I get into the message. Christ must be the center of your church. Christ has to be the center of your church. And that kind of goes without saying, but I want to make sure that I mention that up front, because I don't want to turn into the, the church being the people of the church, because we obviously know we're not good. We're nothing without Christ. Um, and, uh, and as far as turning a good church into a great church, you have to have Christ in the center of it first. You'll never have a great church without Christ in the center of it. So that all goes without saying, but I wanted to go ahead and get that out there up front. And, uh, and we'll talk about tonight how to turn a good church into a great church. Acts chapter 11, we'll read verse 21 and we'll pray. And it says this, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for this night. Thank you for this opportunity, God. And thank you for this, uh, Lord. Uh, group here that is assembled tonight, Lord. I know they have some out of town. I know uh, Pastor Boots obviously is uh, out of town, and Brother uh, Woodward as well. And Lord God, I pray for safety there. And then, Lord, I pray that uh, Lord you continue to increase their numbers. Lord, thank you for this this place right here, and I, exactly the place you put them. Lord God, it's busy, <clears throat> all these things going on around, but God, you put them right here, Lord, to be a ministry and to serve this area and to be a witness. God, I pray that you'd help them too, and uh, Lord, just bless them. Holy Spirit, be with the message tonight, God. May it be one, Lord, that you're pleased with, and that we go home, Lord, and understand, Lord, that, that we're not good, Christ is good, and Lord, we just thank you for the Bible we get to teach from. Give us a great service tonight, in Christ's name I pray, amen. So Acts chapter 11 talks about, it's, it's, the, it's the church at Antioch, it's one of the reasons I picked it, it's the uh, uh, church at Antioch, the first church um, that we read about, and, uh, and so tonight, how to turn a good church into a great church. Number one tonight, as you'll see in verse 21, the hand of the Lord was with them. Number one tonight, you have to have the hand of the Lord on your church. And I was talking about when our church started back in the 70s, uh, really started, a full-time pastor was there. People would come in and they'd see the hand of God working. they come and you talk to, there's uh, a lot of people still there now that were there then. They said, man, the hand of God was working and God was moving. And, uh, and people were coming in and, uh, and lives were changed, souls were saved. And uh, the hand of God was upon that ministry. It's important to keep the hand of God on our ministry and keep the hand of God on this ministry as well. And as I think about it, though, you know, Mount Victory in the last three years has had uh, some exciting times. And it had some times with people coming in and people getting saved and baptized. 
And uh, <clears throat> I know our uh, pastor would always say, and I'm going to mention him a lot, so uh, our, my pastor, my dad, would always say, he'd say, people want to be somewhere exciting. They want to be something where some, somewhere where something is going on, where there's life and where something is happening and where there's Christ. And so it's important to have the hand of the Lord on your church. But you know what? Having the hand of the Lord on your church requires commitment. It requires commitment. And uh, I think about our generation. Are we as committed as we should be? If we were more committed, we would be happier people. I know that much. If we were more committed, we would be happier. Uh, we live in a society that has everything but happiness. It, it is amazing to me, and, and don't get me wrong, there, there are certain medical situations that, you, that people need um, medicines, et cetera. I understand all that. But a lot of people these days take medicines to just survive and to just get through because they have everything, but they're unsatisfied. And they're totally unsatisfied with life. And it's so important, if we were more committed, I believe we would be happier in our life and more committed to the things of God. I worry that my generation understands commitment. We understand it. I know, I, I know uh, um, Boots' dad, I know our dad and others as well. I mean, they understood commitment. They worked all the time, worked, worked a 40-hour week and worked longer, worked hard. They, and, and we've seen that. We understand commitment, but I'm not sure that we're willing to give up everything or anything to be fully committed to Christ. I think about my, my dad, as, and Becca could attest to this, as he grew older, as he grew in the ministry, you know what, he gave up certain things. My dad liked football. He liked football, and he gave that up. He ended up giving that up, and he, he gave up. He loved cars, and he gave some of that stuff up. And, and again, not because, uh, not because he was bad on anybody. That, that wasn't the reason. He gave it up so he could fully focus more on Christ and fully focus on uh, Beck and I could say he spent so much time in his room with books or in his closet, with, in his prayer closet with books and with the Bible and just poured over things and read and studied and, uh, and just put himself and committed himself to the Word of God. And unfortunately today, I, I, I think our generation, we see it, but we don't always, we're not always willing to give something up to be more committed to Christ. I thought about it as... as as my, my father was committed to things and he was committed to the word of God. You know, I got, that's one reason. There are many reasons why I believe what I believe. But one reason why I believe what I believe is because I knew that he was in the book and I knew that he was studying. I knew he had to walk with God. And so <clears throat> there were things that I, I could see in the Bible. Man, I'd see it and I'd believe it because of his walk with God, because of what he believed. Separation, giving, uh, again, the right Bible, uh, soul winning, uh, visitation, ministry, all the different things that, I, that I, I grew up and learned and figured out for my own. But one of the reasons I did was because of his commitment and his commitment to reading the word and getting into the word and, uh, and desiring to, uh, to draw closer to Christ and his belief and in his commitment. <clears throat> there's, uh, there's nothing new about us thinking about it as, as we lack commitment. There's nothing new about desiring to be like the world. But it is a newer phenomenon when church-going Christians choose the same. We lack commitment so much in our life, and we, we want to choose uh, in our church alone and, and many, many churches. You have people that come, but they come here and there, but they, they, they choose the world. And they choose what the world has rather than being committed to Christ. And again, part of why they're unhappy. Having the hand of the Lord on your church requires commitment. You know, along with us tonight, I would say this. I'm so glad that, that my dad and our pastor decided to be a pastor. He decided to be a pastor. I'm so glad he did. And, 
And what I mean with that is I'm glad he became a pastor, but I'm also glad of this. There were times when people in church needed him, and he was there. He wasn't in some other state, and I'm not picking old Steve here, <laughs> Pastor Boots at all, because he's here. My point is, is that he wasn't going to a conference, preaching a conference here and there, on the road, 45 weeks out of the year. And, uh, and, and he wasn't asked to all the conferences, but he was asked to plenty that he turned down. And, and he wasn't there, and he, you know where he was? He was with his people. He was with the people that God gave him, and, and that was smaller, and it grew, but he was there for them. And man, I don't know how many nights I rode over with him to a hospital, uh, to a funeral home, uh, wherever it may be, because he was there, and he was there in church, and he decided to be a pastor, and didn't decide to, to go around and, and be something else. So he, he was what God wanted him to be. I have a friend, a friend of mine who uh, is a decent friend, whose father, uh, whose father took the other path and was, was on the road a lot. And I tell you, his son's not in church tonight, and his son's a good guy, but not in church. And he saw that, and and, and I don't know again completely the reasons why. But I'm just glad that my my dad decided to be a pastor and to have a good church, certainly a great church. You have to have someone that decides I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor of these people, uh, the people that God has given, uh, given him in the ministry. That he's had, that he's given the pastor. The hand of the Lord on your church results in many believing and turning to the words. Look at the second verse, the second part of this verse, and turned unto the Lord. It says, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Uh, if you are committed and the hand of God's on your church, there will be results. There will be results. We had Brother Mike Riley, some of y'all know him from, uh, uh, from being over at Gill Grove, and uh, he's from New York, didn't have any real background for the most part in Christianity. Came to our church for six, seven, eight months, and then walked an aisle and got saved. And, and uh, you know, we think about results. Man, I love to see people walk in the aisle every Sunday morning and, and every Sunday night, Wednesday night. You want to see people walk in the aisle. That's, that's a great thing. And, uh, and we want to see it, too. We don't have it maybe as much as we had back in, back in the old days. But as we're thinking about that, you know what? At the same time, I don't know about you all. I'm sure I know Becca said the same thing. But I've had two saved in my house. I've had two saved there. Brother Mike, who walked an aisle, he's had four of his kids saved at his house and and it's so important to build the church from the inside out and and we need the hand of god on our churches and to be committed and understand that uh, that if we're committed in the hand of god's on it we will see results we may not see him walk in the aisle but we'll see it in our family and we'll see it in those that decide to trust in the lord jesus christ we just had a uh, a bus couple come uh, came on our buses three or four weeks ago and it's a uh it's a, a black woman a, ma- a white man there I, I don't know they're married. I don't know what their marital situation is, but they've been there three or four weeks in a row. And man, I could tell they're saved. They got saved on a bus ride home, and I could tell they sit on the back row, and I could tell they're saved. Their lie, their their mentality, their eyes have just changed. You could just see it in their eyes, and it's so uh, it's so wonderful to see that and to see results like that. But then it's also wonderful as you work with the kids at home, and as you work and they get saved, and uh, and just the the hand of God on the church and the results that will come. That the hand of God's on our church. And if we're committed to what God has for us to do, the hand of God being on the church is not guaranteed. We need more commitment from more people to serve and to stand so that the hand of the Lord stays with our churches. Secondly, tonight, read Acts chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it says this, And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Verse 29, then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Secondly tonight, uh, for a good church to become a great church, there has to be giving. There has to be a spirit of giving 
and a belief in treating people right. <clears throat> so oftentimes, churches, there, there are, as many of you have been in different churches and different scenarios, people could sit in a seat and it makes somebody angry. There are different things that, that come up, and it's so important as a church to treat people right. And you know what? We're not, we're not per, I know the same here as Pastor Boots would say too, nobody's perfect. No church can be perfect. You're going to mess up at times, and you're going to learn things the hard way, and people are going to leave uh, because of things like that. But it's important. Many people will stay too if you treat people right, if you treat them right. And it's so important to make sure that, that we have a spirit of giving, and then we have a belief in treating uh, people right. <clears throat> I think about as we uh, as we ever had uh, speakers in or had missionaries uh, from for the last thirty however many odd years, we always got them a nice hotel room. Where's my nice hotel room? And gave you know nice things to the. Well, wait a second, I'm not a special speaker. Never mind. Um, <clears throat> but they gave to the special speakers. They would give. My, we would give or the missionaries. And I tell you, it's because and, and it could be their first survey trip or their first trip or whatever it may be. But we gave them nice a nice place to be. And a gift basket and all that. We had Brother Yeomans in, got one the other day. And uh, because they were committed to serving Christ. And they were desiring to serve Christ. And that has always gone a long way. Uh, we've had preachers would call and say, hey, uh, I'm going to be in town. Can you use me? <laughs> and uh, we're like, no, we can't actually. No, uh, there are times you can and times you can't. But, but you want to treat people right. And you want to treat the people in your church right. You want to treat those that come into your church right. And make sure that... That we are that we're being Christ-like in all the things that we do, and that we're a giving church. Uh, we've had people in the community, and, and I know y'all have a community day here. I think about that, and that's uh, so important to get the community out and, uh, and and to see how you all are, and that's where you treat people right. And I know that's uh, that's been a good day for you all. And I think about it, we had uh, we had the, a place down the street, a house down the street from our church uh, um, was uh, so. <laughs> It was a kind of a, well, it wasn't really a funny story, but it got the propane propane grill a little too close to the house, and boom, it was gone. I mean, within minutes. And uh, but we were able to take up some some money for them and different uh, different things that have come up in the community, just trying to uh, to give and to be a uh, an example to Christ. As you go to work, as uh, Brother Brian goes to work, uh, they know him because he goes to Mount Victory, and uh, and he's invited. I know he's invited people out, and they knew know you all because you go to Mount Victory, and again. Because hopefully it's part of our life and it's part of how we live. And, uh, and it's so important to, to make sure that we're giving and that we have a, uh, a belief in treating people right, have a testimony uh, in our community where they know that, uh, that, that we are part of Mount Victory and that's a good place. So important for a good church to become a great church. We have to be giving and have a belief in treating people right. We had somebody come in the other day and say, you know what, I don't always agree with what you all do here, and I don't always agree, and they were more Southern Baptists, which was fine, but they, they said, we don't always agree, but we respect what you're doing here. We respect you, and we appreciate the opportunity to come here, and uh, uh, came on a Sunday night and said, uh, you know, said, look, this may not be exactly how we, how we worship, but appreciate what you all are doing, what you're doing with your young people, what you're trying to accomplish. So important to make sure that we, that we give and that we have a belief in treating people right. And the reason I mention these things is because we're not careful. We'll take for granted. We'll take people for granted. You have people come in here, you take them for granted, and they'll go out and say, man, they didn't treat me right there. Or, or they just didn't. And again, we're not perfect. But you just want to give, leave them a, a, uh, a reason to come back and a reason to come back to your church. If we're not careful, we'll cut back. We'll cut back on missions. We'll cut back on things that God wants us to do. And we will not give according to our ability, as the Bible says here, are you giving according to your ability? And I would ask you tonight, why not? Why aren't you giving according 
to your ability, not just in finances, but in your service as well. And I talk to people who serve a lot, and you all are here on Sunday night. But make sure we're giving according to our ability. Acts, uh, thirdly, Acts 11, verse 23, says this, who, when he came, he's talking about Barnabas, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. So tonight, for a good church to become a great church, uh, number one, have the hand of God upon you. Secondly, be a giving church and treat people right. And thirdly, uh, for a great, good church to become a great church, there has to be the grace of God. Has to be the grace of God. Barnabas walks into the church, and I, I can just see this now, and he sees how God's changed lives. He sees how God has changed hearts. And he sees all the things that God was able to use a church, a local church, to come and change the lives and the hearts of those that have gone astray, of those who were lost that didn't have any way, those that are down on life, depressed, discouraged, living in sin, battling addiction, and he hears their story. And Barnabas hears their stories. He comes in, and man, he's glad. And he thinks about the grace of God that has come upon the church that he walked into there in Antioch. And you know what? I don't know about you, but he hears my story, and he hears our story, and he hears those people's story where you all as well that have had the grace of God in your life, and you look back and say, man, if not for the grace of God, where would I be? Where would I be in this life if not for God doing something great in my life? You think about your children, about your loved ones that are saved. You think about all those in your life. And, and as Barnabas talks about here, he encouraged them to never forget what God had done for them. And I, and I encourage you tonight, never forget where Jesus Christ brought us from. And where he brought us from and brought us to a, uh, a saving knowledge of Christ and a home in heaven. Stay faithful to the things of God and the house of God. Do you ever take a second to think about what could have been without the grace of God? And uh, I know I, I think about it here and there, not as much as I need to. But I tell you, as, as I was thinking about and doing this message, I think about our grandparents. And uh, we had two great-grandmothers. And we had two grandfathers that wished they were better, as my dad would always say. We had a, a grandfather that passed away very early in my mom's life, never knew him. Had another grandfather that, uh, that passed away a lot later, but was an alcoholic. Both were alcoholics. And, uh, and my, my dad's dad was, uh, <clears throat> was more, of a, more of the abusive type, was more of the abusive uh, um, alcoholics. But, but, and I mentioned this to only say that. It was only by the grace of God that my parents... They, they came to a, to a saving knowledge of Christ through Billy Graham Ministries and also uh, Preacher Nick, as Dad would always mention, the grace of God that, that allowed Dad, and as a young child, to be under a pastor uh, that taught the Word and that made an impression on him. We think about the grace of God in, in each of our lives. And here's the great part about the grace of God is that both of my grandfathers, as far as I know, were saved. I, know, I, know my, I didn't know, my, my, again, my mom's father as well, but my, my dad's dad got saved in his late 50s. Uh, asked forgiveness for all of his kids, turned his life around, and that's the grace of God. And all, all the, my dad uh, was so happy, you know, and you would think, man, some of the childhood, you can't ever forget some of the memories, but man, at the same time, he was so glad that his dad got saved. And I'll see his dad in heaven and, uh, and just, uh, again, just so satisfied, so happy with the grace of God and what he's done on each and every one of our lives. <clears throat> and you have the same stories, but we're, we are not careful the grace of God will be taken for granted and we will slip back into discouragement, depression, because we take our eyes off of Jesus. It's easy to do, but trust Him. His grace is sufficient. We'll finish with this, Acts chapter 11, verse 24. And it says this about Barnabas, For he was a good man and followed the Holy Ghost and of faith. 
And again, I preached this last Sunday night <clears throat> at our church. And, uh, and for a good church to be a great church, you have to have a good man. You have to have a good man that leads. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and Pastor Boots is a good man. He's a brother-in-law, so I can't think of him as so good because he's my brother-in-law. But uh, no, that's not true. Brother Boots has gone out. And I'll tell you about Pastor Boots. And you know this already, but Pastor Boots could be doing a whole lot of other things. He, could, he can do a lot of things well. He's done a lot of things in my house well. Hopefully I haven't paid him well enough to come back. In fact, he made a really nice table for me. Uh, but he does a lot of things well. He could be doing anything. I think that he puts his mind to can do well. But he's decided what he wants to do is to serve God. And he's been called to serve God. And, that's what he, and, and so from my perspective, that's a good man. That starts a good man uh, with, uh, with my father. As it's been 40 years, I know he's a good man because he's got the track record. And he's been there and he's done it and he's, he's walked the walk and talked the talk. And, uh, but it's so important for a good church to be a great church, you have to have a good man to lead. Uh, I was thinking about, uh, our, again, uh, and I'll, I'm doing some of this for Becca because she doesn't get to hear me preach about my dad a lot. But, uh, but about our dad, not just my dad. I think it's both of our dads. Uh, but uh, but he, he got up so many times, he'd get up in the pulpit and he'd get up when he was sick and when he wasn't feeling well, when he had, his stomach wasn't feeling well, his throat was, or whatever it may be. But I think what's so impressive these days is he gets up and gives a challenge for about three minutes on Sunday mornings with Parkinson's. And I tell you, he's, he's willing to get up and go up there and do what God has for him to do. And, and you think about it, he just, he, he's, sometimes it's not as easy as others to remember things, but he's willing to get up and do what God has for him to do. And as I think about him, see him up there, that's a good man. That's a good man who's decided to do what God has, uh, has, has for him. As the writer of Acts describes Barnabas, I think it's okay to describe my dad and our pastor as a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And I tell you, as, again, to my, uh, to my dad, faithful to his wife, faithful to his family, faithful first and foremost to Christ, and then to the ministry God called him to. It's so important to have a good man. And I believe you all have a good man here. And it's so, so important to have that. And I know one thing, whether he's a good man or not, I don't know, but I know he's got a good wife. That much I know, because I know, uh, I know Becca, I know her walk with God. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> and Steve is a good man, <laughs> to make sure I understand that. But Becca is also a, uh, a great uh, spiritual giant, and, uh, and I know that from experience. I've lived with her and known her. But it's so important to have a good man uh, in the ministry. Uh, I was reminded this week, I'll tell one more story about, about my own dad, a pastor. I was reminded this week about, uh, about my dad's love for music. And I heard a song, and Becca will remember, I don't know if you remember that, I think you will remember, the tape from way back when Tracy was up. And a song came on, and my dad loves music. And I could hear, you could hear him, and, and in my mind, I could hear his voice again as it, as it was. And I could hear it, and I could hear him commenting about the music and just, just enjoying Life, and that's how I remember my dad, and he's not not as like that as much these days because of the Parkinson's. But I remember him that way, <clears throat> and I think about it. You know, I don't know if you've done this in your life. I'm sure you have. And I was thinking, actually, think about uh, Brother Boots when I was when I was writing this uh, or going back over it today as well. But I was thinking about it was <clears throat> was sometimes you get to a place you get emotional. You say, God, why? And I think about your mom. And I'm thinking about my dad. Why? You know, there are plenty of people my dad's age who are traveling who are doing all this stuff and are preaching or, or doing whatever they want to do. And they're, they're at an age and, and they're doing all that. Why, God, why can't my dad be like that? And you get to that and you get to that emotional place. And again, I know you've gone through the same thing with different things in your life. And you get there, and I don't know about you all, but I'm talking to God. But the Holy Spirit says this, as he said many, many, many times. 
The Holy Spirit said this. He said, trust me. He said, trust me. I know what your dad's going through. And, and so often it restored, and in this time in particular, restored a peace in me. And restored that, you know what, my dad's life and all of our lives are in the Father's hands. They're all in the Father's hands. There's nothing we can do but just trust Christ and trust that, that he knows exactly where my dad is. I want him to be a different place, but he knows, and so I'm satisfied with that. I'm happy with that. At peace, my flesh wants it different, but understand that, that God's in control and the Father is in control. As the song finished, I was reminded about pastor saying, he said so many times, our pastor said, don't die with the music still in you. I think of the many other motivational things that made me better, made our church better, because we had a good man leading. So important for a good church to be a great church, to have a good man leading. But I'll end with this, because my dad would make me do this as well. A good man, but we don't stop there, because a great church is great because of good people like you all. That's why it's great. It's great. You have a good man leading, but man, what you can't lead if nobody's here, right? If you don't have anybody following, you can't lead. And it's so important. A great church is great because of good people, because of faithful people, because of people full of the Holy Spirit. You know, our church isn't great by accident. And you know what? Mount Victory isn't great by accident. It's great on purpose. The purpose is Christ. The purpose is living a godly life. The purpose is raising good kids. Do you want a good church or a great church? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this night. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to speak here. God, what a blessing. Lord, God, opportunity to sing. Lord, I don't ever turn down a chance, Lord, to sing with my sister, Lord, who, who I love dearly, God. And we don't see each other as much, but, God, the bond is still there. And, Lord, we, uh, Lord, we are so, uh, Lord, so blessed to be a part of our family together, and then, Lord, to be able to sing, uh, Lord, with her. God, what a blessing for me, Lord God. And I just thank you for the opportunity to come here and speak, Lord, to these good people. Lord God, they come out on a Sunday night, and, Lord, uh, they serve. And, Lord, there are others. I know there are others that are out, out of town, and, uh, or, or even, Lord, that come on Sunday morning. And, God, I pray that you bless this place. What a great place. What a great location you have for it, Lord. I believe great things are in, uh, are in the works for this church. And, Lord God, I believe this church, Lord, is a great church already. God, I pray that you, Lord, I, I think you want to work, Lord God, and use them in a mighty, mighty way, Lord, in this area. And, God, I pray that we just pick up the prayers, pick up the work, Lord God, and desire to see souls saved, Lord. And as I go back, Lord, to Gilgrove uh, next week, Lord God, there's a certain, Lord, just motivation that comes when I come here, Lord God, because I see people trying to do a work, trying to do something for you, Lord God, that'll mean enormous rewards in eternity that we can give back to almighty savior jesus christ god give us a great week this week thank you again for this opportunity christ name i pray amen <laughs>